Welcome to the Parenting with Impact podcast with your hosts, Elaine Taylor-Klaus and Diane Dempster, co-creators of ImpactParents.com, an online community, award-winning blog, and service organization, helping parents all over the world to raise complex kids become capable, independent adults. Elaine and Diane are certified coaches with personal experience raising children with challenges such as ADHD, anxiety, and more, and extensive experience in guiding parents to raise their complex kids with confidence and calm. On the podcast, Elaine and Diane interview experts, bringing you cutting-edge information about your child's challenges, teach you real-life strategies to create lasting change, and demonstrate how coaching can guide you to parent your complex kids one conversation at a time. For the essentials of Elaine and Diane's coach approach to parenting, download a free tip sheet at impactparents.com slash podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to another conversation in the Parenting with Impact podcast. And you have the Diane and Elaine show again. <laughs> it's us again. Sorry, you're stuck with us. Well, on a really, really, really important topic, that, and we were just talking about it beforehand, we are so excited to talk about this. This has been a huge issue in the last couple of years, especially. It's not new to the last couple of years since the pandemic, but it is certainly, it's like the same issue on steroids somehow, yeah, right? right? It is. So we're going to talk about school refusal and resistance to going to school, which you know we used to see in teenagers, and now we see in kids as young as six years old. Yeah, no, and it's lots of different reasons, lots of different challenges, but I think that the dynamic that's happened is because kids have been out of the school environment, it's given them a different relationship with the school environment, and our kids are feeling out of control, and so they're trying to grab onto control. I mean, there's all these different moving pieces, and so I think I've been thinking a little bit about how to organize this conversation, but the place I really want to start is kind of our relationship with the situation. It's just sort of an, and we say, say this, let's lay the framework first, right? The, yeah. Right. It's just sort of the, the most important part of this, I think, before you even think about anything else is how you are looking at this situation, because yeah. we say this over and over again, if you are freaking out about something <laughs> or you are like in fix it mode or you're catastrophizing, or you're like, oh my gosh, they have to go to school. At a bare minimum, you know, so this sort of we this is literally something reasonably to freak out about. Totally understand that and respect that. And if you are freaking out, you're not going to be able to be present to problem solve in the same way. And that's just that's the thing to kick off with. So even I want to can I go back just even a step before that, right? Yeah. Which is okay, the reality that we're in right now is that there are a lot of kids who are either refusing or resisting school, whether it's going to school or doing schoolwork or doing school the way that we used to, because as you say, they got introduced to a new framework around school and realized, you know, maybe there were other things that were a priority in life, which we kind of learned during the pandemic in a lot of ways. And so that old paradigm of our job was to make sure our kids went to school. Now it's almost shifted, whereas our job is to enroll our kids in going to school. Like it's something we see as important and the kids don't see it as expected of them in the same way that they may have a few years ago. Well, and let me add to that because they may, this is the important piece of this. They may see it as important. They may get that they want to, they may even want to go to school. Yeah. But secretly want to go to school. But for whatever reason, it's hard for them to take that action. They so may, it's, there's, it's that ahead. difference between can't and won't. 
right? Right. We see them as they won't go to school. And what's happening for a lot of kids, for a lot of neurological reasons or social reasons or some combination thereof, is that they don't feel like they can. They can't get themselves to. Well, and that's that's a slight difference. Even they can't get themselves to is different than won't, right? It's it's different than can't. I mean, it's, it's all these different pieces. It's like a place in between where, you know, and part of it is the word coping mechanism just kind of creeps into this. It's like, if our coping mechanism is avoidance, right? This is, I, I talk about you're either a controller or you're an avoider or you're a pleaser. I mean, there's all these different coping mechanisms that we as humans have when we're overwhelmed or frustrated or triggered or whatever it is. But Which if your kid, the world is right now, by the way. Right. By the way, <laughs> the, the world is overwhelming and stressed, frustrating out. and triggering. Right. right. And so your kid is overwhelmed, period. Let's start with that assumption. And so yes. if your kid's coping mechanism for overwhelm is avoidance, it makes perfect sense that they wouldn't want to go to school because they're avoiding the thing that's causing them stress. Or if they're having a hard time in school or they are behind in their homework. I've got one mom whose kiddo is trying is one class that she's just not doing okay in. And she's not going to school at all because she doesn't want to have to go with to this one class that she's avoiding. And it's ended up being this big hot mess because she's so far behind in her work. And it's really about this one teacher, this one situation and, you know, unraveling it is, has gotten pretty complicated. Right. Well, and I was thinking about another example of what, of a family I'm working with where the son, the mom finally figured out it's not that he's not going to school. He doesn't want to go to the very first thing of the day, which is homeroom, which is boring. So he's managed to stall and delay and stuff so that he shows up 10 minutes in every day so that he can miss the one thing that is just not. He doesn't want to go to. Right. Right. So there's this construct around this conversation, this context, I guess, which is that we're in a difficult environment in relation to school. The previous norms we used to have about school have been kind of broken down and we don't really have a new paradigm for what we consistently have out there around what is it for someone to be in school and go to school. And because you know they went to school from home for a really long time. So why should I have to go to school? And so we're in this muddled middle place of transition. And there's a lot of stress on top of it. And so the result of that is that we're dealing with a lot of school refusal and a lot of school resistance. And so I'm glad we took the time to kind of lay the framework for where are a lot of people dealing with this. And we're going to offer some solutions on how to address it and what the, how to begin to work through it, knowing that it kind of takes some time. But I think yeah. we really needed to lay the framework. So, well, and I I like that you just said that, Elaine, because this does take time. This is, I mean, I want to be gentle with this. It's not likely that your kid is going to wake up tomorrow. I mean, it's interesting. I have this other mom whose kid hasn't gone to school for four months and decided that when spring break was over, they were going to go back to school. And that's the kid had decided I'm going back to school. They got to school. They made it through the first three quarters of the first day and then just couldn't cope anymore and and called mom. and, And mom was like, Congratulations. Great job. You I'm made so it. glad you made yeah. it through most, almost the whole day. And it's this sort of, it's not that straightforward and it's not that easy. And I, I kind of lost my, my thought, but it's. Well, um, there's this incremental progress that yeah. we're going for here where, you know, we often talk about progress, not perfection. And so if the end goal is to get our kids back into a regular relationship with school, right. into a regular engagement with their education, whatever that is for them, then we need to 
understand and accept that there are going to be some steps along the way that get them there, that we're not going to go from zero to 60. We need to, you know, we need to start working them into this process as opposed to only holding accountability for the outcome. And the reminder of where I started five minutes ago was you've got to stay calm about this and you've got to be okay about where they are in order to help them to get somewhere else. Because if you're freaking out about where they're at, you're going to try to solve this in a completely different, non-collaborative, non-fix-it mom or fix-it dad mode that's probably not going to be as effective as you want it to be. Let me just say that. So how do I stay calm, Diane, if my kid's not going to school? That's hard, right? And Mm -hmm. I want to just acknowledge that. And I think it's about knowing that I don't know how else to say this. The world will not end. You know, it, it's a sort of, if you had a kid who, I'm, I'm trying to use a realistic scenario. Let's say your kid broke their hip and literally couldn't get into the school building for six months. You would figure out how to get them caught up or back in. And the place this breaks down is, and I see this with a lot of parents. It's like, if my kid, let's say my kid doesn't make it through this semester and has to repeat a grade they're going to feel even worse about themselves because they're going to be in a different class than their friends are. And then it's, so we start catastrophizing because we think that it's better for them to get back in now. You know, it's always going to be better for them to get back in now than it is for that. you to let it play out a little bit longer because we're afraid of what will happen if we don't fix it right now. Right. So I think what you're saying is, and what we had, we had talked about earlier is that, is that, we want to invite you parents, if your kids are dealing with these issues, to find a way to get calm enough yeah. to be able to be in a rational, calm place of problem solving with your kid instead of being in that kind of reactive panic mode that we tend to fall in. Like, but I've got to get you to like, if we're so fiercely attached to it, then we're not problem solving. We're stressing out the situation more. So we know, well, and I would say we may, we may not be happy about it. We don't expect that. But calm enough. Is that calm enough? I love that phrase, calm enough, because here's what often happens, particularly if your coping mechanism is control, right? So it's a Mm -hmm. sort of you're freaking out. And so you're like, damn it, you're going to school and I'm going to take away everything that you have. I'm going to take away the phone. I'm going to take away the computer and you're not going to do anything until you go to school. I got to tell you about parents of kids who just the kids say, fine, I'm going to just lay in my bed all day. You can't make me go to school, right? So if you get, if this turns into a power struggle and you've got a kid who's avoiding or trying to feel like they have more control in their life, it's not going to end it. Adding more control to an already broken dynamic is probably not going to give you the, again, not going to give you the impact that you want to get. Okay. So step one is to stay calm enough. And there's lots of, of podcasts about this and there's lots of work we do to help you manage your triggers and learn how to calm yourself down. So if you need help with that, let us know. We'll help you with that. Right. Yeah. So then it's about, as you're starting to, to speak to, is getting clear about where are you in the process with your kid and what's your kids thinking about this situation? Because you know what you think about it and you know what your agenda is, right? My question to you is, what do they think about it and what's their agenda? Because their agenda isn't necessarily not go to school. Their agenda may be keep myself calm by playing video games because that's calm for me. Or it may be, I'm going to avoid that social dynamic by staying home. Or I'm going to avoid that difficult teacher by staying home, right? Like, so get clear well, on what's uh, yeah. there, what's And I want to kind of take them. it, yeah, I want to take it, a, a, take it back a step and get really clear on where we are in the process, right? It's just okay. sort of, because we think 
it's just about getting my kid to school. They're not going to school, so I have to get my kid to school. It's a very simple one-step process. It's really not actually that simple because you have to understand, do they even see that it's a problem that they're not going to school? Do they secretly know that it's a problem but don't know how to solve it? Are they even willing to talk about it? Are they interested in doing something to change the situation? I mean, it's really about understanding not just what their agenda is, but where they're at with regard to going to school. I mean, yes, you're right. They're not going to school. They're refusing school, but get curious what's what's really going on underneath it. Yeah. I mean, this this mom I was talking about thinking process, she's not going to school because she wants to avoid her statistics teacher. That's just making her crazy. Who is putting too much pressure on her and she would do anything just to avoid that one class. You're going to solve it very differently than I'm feeling a huge amount of shame because I'm so far behind my home in my homework. There's no way that I can keep up with it. Or I've been out of school for four months. I don't know how to explain to my friends why I haven't been in school. So I don't want to go back to school because I don't want to have to talk about why I haven't been in school. I mean, it's just all these different pieces to know where you're at and what's really going on for them underneath it. If you can, can be a really helpful first step. So the piece there is to invite them to a conversation or to conversations about what's going on for them, not from a blaming and not from an interrogating place, but, uh, you know, help me understand. I want to support you. I get that this is really hard for you. So we often talk about ACE acknowledgement with compassion. I get that this is really hard for you. And I can imagine that this is not how you want things to be. Are you willing to have a conversation and to help me understand what your thinking is and what's going on for you as you're wrestling with this? So, and they might say, I don't know, right? It's, right? And they may not know, especially the younger kids who are just like, all they know is they don't want to go to school. Right. And so when that happens, it's a great opportunity to just say, so I get that you don't know. I can imagine that it's really confusing. Can we just talk about some different possibilities and see if any of these feel like they might be what you're going through. And the thing, we talk a lot about communication techniques, about breadcrumbs. So so when I say this, understand that this might not be one conversation. It might be several conversations, but it might be, okay, well, think about it. Let's come back and we'll talk about this more later. We want to not create a pressure cooker situation, but really an opportunity for them to be thoughtful and to share with you how they're thinking and feeling. And they may not know for themselves. So it's kind of getting at it from different ways to invite them to think about how they feel about something, which is what well, we've for a lot. We, of them. Yeah. Which is hard for them. And which takes us back to the first thing, which is we have to feel calm enough to let this take more than a day or a conversation yeah. or a week or a, you know, whatever it yeah. is, right. It's a sort of, it's got, you've got to be able to be patient with this because it's it was t- this dad I was talking to um, yesterday. We we're talking about almost like a feral cat, right? It's just sort of, you're trying to, you know, I don't know if you've ever tried to find, to feed a feral cat, but it's like, you know, you walk close to them and they run away. And then it's like, you want to get a little closer and you want to put a piece drop of a little food. food, drop a little food and then run <laughs> away. And then you want to, you know, it's like this sort of, you're really trying to reel them into even talking about this. If they're not at a place where they're even willing to talk about it. Right. And so that means you're not trying to solve it. You're not trying to fix it. You're not trying to get them to go back to school. First, you're just trying to engage with them about what's going on in their experience. And And talking about the situation, not talking about how do I get you back to school? Right. The minute you start into solutioning, which is what we all do as parents, because we want to fix the problem. So we start going to shut down and they're done. They're done. 
stay out of solution, stay in what we call curiosity mode, right? Really get curious about what's going on. And that doesn't mean interrogate. That means have open conversations, transparent conversations, really acknowledge that you understand and accept that it's hard for them and invite them to share whatever they're willing to share with you about what their experience is. Well, and be willing to consider that it really is hard. Yeah. I mean, if if you've ever stopped doing something, trying to get, and and you've had a really good reason in your head for stopping to do it, trying to get involved in it again is trying to get, it's like getting the clock to spin the other direction. I mean, it's, it's not an easy thing to do. No. Sometimes because it's like you've dug your feet in so far. It's like this sort of, I don't want to, I don't want to change because it feels good to say, I'm confident that this is my decision. You know, it's like changing our mind is sometimes even hard. So going back to, you know, where are you in the process? Are you in the place where you're trying to just even get them talking about it? The second piece of it is getting buy-in from them that they can do something about it, that, that something can change or that they're willing to consider changing it. They're willing to consider that maybe there's some safe way to go back and get engaged in school. Well, and so what, even as I hear you say that, what strikes me is that it goes back to that sense of agency is if we're operating on the agenda that we need to get them back to school and they haven't yet decided, I want to go back to school, or I'd like to even try to go back to school, then you can try to get buy-in all day long, but it's not going to work because it's not their agenda. And so part of the game here, opportunity, we were just, I was just in a boot camp when we were talking about this issue is really understanding what their agenda is and that you may not have the same agenda. Like, you know, it might be like with little kids, your agenda might be getting to go to them to school and their agenda might be earning that toy or that game or that privilege. You know, it may be a reward that's getting them to try to do something as they get older you want to get to a point where you're collaborating and there's a shared agency. You want to work together towards helping them be able to go back to school instead of setting an expectation where they feel like they're failing you. And I think that's the, that's what we mean when we talk about buy-in and agency and ownership is to have that sense that we're working together as a team to help you achieve what you want. Cause I know it's really important to you to get an education too. And well, I don't care. I don't care. Right. <laughs> since, since I'm listening to the, the parents in the audience going, Elaine, they're going to tell me I don't care. I don't, I don't care. Need to go to school. I don't want to go to school. Algebra is stupid. Why do I need to take algebra? I mean, all that it's sort true. of stuff. And algebra, it's true. They're right? going to say that. Yeah. Well, algebra, so, maybe, but you know. Yeah. So again, it's just sort of, and it may not be as easy as saying, well, but don't you want to, you know, no. don't you want to have a job when you grow up? And don't you want to, I mean, we, we try to Way throw the logic away. at them, right? Right. And here, this this just in, right? It's a sort of we're trying the whole idea of top down versus bottom up parent support, right? It's a sort of they've got a problem. They we know they have a problem, but they aren't talking about their problem. And so we try to go at their problem through their head and logic and explaining and Rational. organizing and this rationalizing yes. and blah blah blah. And the reality is that this is a kid with so much anxiety or so much stress or so much whatever that we're, we're not even getting into their body. So you've got to bottom up, which is like, how do we help this kid calm down enough, have fun enough, relax enough. And you're saying, well, yeah, but he's playing video games all day. To if even playing, be, be able to want to go back, right? Or be even willing to talk about it, right? It's just right. like, you've got a kid who's not talking about it. Chances are it's because they're so stressed out that they're not even able to talk about it. And again, remember that the video gaming or whatever it is that they're doing it's not about fun. It's about avoidance. Yeah. 
It's a coping. Well, they may be having fun in that avoidance, but the purpose of it isn't, I don't care about the world. I just want to play video games. The purpose of it is I want to do something that feels like I can manage this and I can be with this and I can be in control. And it feels better. Yeah. So there's something here about agency and ownership and really inviting them to the dance, if you will, of what's, you know, what's important to you about your education. And it doesn't have to be what everybody else does, but what do you want for yourself? And it does take some time sometimes to have these conversations, but the goal here is to begin to work, to feel, have them feel like you're on their team instead of you're the one blowing the whistle, waiting for them to, to show up. Right. Well, and what's coming up for me as you're saying that, and I and I can't remember we've done a podcast where we explain this, but we talk about the iceberg of independence, right? And at the bottom yeah. of the iceberg is relationship. relationship and trust. Yeah. And then communication. And then we go to buy-in and motivation and collaboration. You know, those are the kinds of things. So so you're building on this stuff. And it's and we want to start at the top, which is solving the problem and making the decision but we really got to go back down to the bottom and build the trust and not just trust in themselves, trust in you. I mean, there's all these different moving pieces. So really what we're, what you're saying, and I love this, this bringing us back is that, you know, the bottom of that pyramid is relationship and then trust and then communication and collaboration. And all of that's what we're talking about here before we get to problem solving and buy-in and, you know, action, We need to really reaffirm that relationship and their trust in us that we're on their team working together Mm -hmm. with them to help them achieve something that's important for them. Because if they feel like it's just your agenda and you don't care what they think or feel, they're just going to push you away. And it's really easy not to take on your agenda. So that sharedness of it becomes super, super important. And that taking you back to compassion that you get that this is hard and that might not be easy for us because in our mind, you should just go to school. It's not that hard. What's the problem? And for them on some level, it's really it's super hard. hard. Yeah. Really super hard. And so here's what's coming up as, I, as we're talking about this, is I'm realizing how much we, we talk about this in boot camp and in the communications class and in sanity school. Like this stuff is nuanced and complicated. Mm-hmm. And it took you however many years, six years, 10 years, 15 years to get to, to where you are. And it's going to take a little time to kind of calm things down and move forward in a different way. So the reminder that's coming up for me here for you as a parent dealing with school refusal and school resistance is to take care of yourself. Yeah. And is to remember that the change you want for them starts with really thinking about you and how you're approaching it and creating an accommodated environment that supports them in making a different different choice and taking different action than they're taking right now. And that change to create that environment starts with you and calming yourself down and beginning to shift your communication patterns with them to create the outcomes you're really looking for. Yeah. So this is hard stuff. (laughs) It is. This is hard stuff. I want to, I mean, I'm I'm like, let's say that because this is hard stuff. My heart is with you. And I wish there was an easy way to just say, okay, if you do this, you'll get your kid to start going back to school again. And if you're in this situation and you're struggling, get some support for yourself, get some help to work you through this process. It's not easy. It's not straightforward. I mean, we've made it sound simple. We've talked about it in what, 24 minutes. And it's not, it's It's not not that simple. simple. It's not simple. And as we always say, you know, whether it's with us or someplace else, if you don't get help here, get help somewhere. Right. But trying to figure this out alone and trying to figure it because remember the schools 
often got the agenda of getting the kid to school. So the schools got their own agenda and I'm not judging them for it, but you know, somebody's got to be the voice of looking at what your kid's agenda is. And actually that's right now, that's your role as the parent is to really get on their team and figure out what's going on with them so you can support them in taking a different path forward. And that in and of itself, that whole sort of that's my kid effort. knows yeah. that. Well, I was going to say that if your kid knows that you've got your their back and they really feel that, that changes everything. Yeah, it does. I was talking to a, a mom who's in one of our training programs last night in a certification program, a professional. And she was saying, she can't really say what she's doing different, but the tone in the home is different. She can feel the difference and she knows it has something to do with what she's doing differently, but she can't even pinpoint what it is yet. Right. And so just know that, that your role in this dynamic really does have a significant impact. And the more you can sort of pay attention to it and, and learn about how to communicate the way you really want to, the more you'll begin to shift that dynamic at home. Awesome. Great conversation. Thanks. You guys, this is hard. You can do this one step at a time. Focus on the process, not just the outcome. And trust that at some point your kids do want what's best for them too. And you, what they need from you is to help guide them to that instead of telling them what it should be. Mm -hmm. Right. Thanks everybody. everybody. You've been listening to the Parenting with Impact podcast with Elaine and Diane. For more information on the Impact Parents community or to join Sanity School for Parents, please visit impactparents.com. If you like what you've heard, please share this podcast with friends who need similar guidance and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.